You don't want to be sounding like D'Angelo when you can't even figure out what the hell he's saying. Like, what are you saying, man? Like, the music sound, I just know what the fuck you saying. Yeah, he made it work, <laughs> man. It was an original sound. Mm-hmm. You know? Nah, it's gotten less coherent. You're talking about, like, nowadays? Yeah, D'Angelo like, original like... D'Angelo, cool. Now, today, it's just like, what? <laughs> I love you, baby. I like that song. I don't know what the song is called right now, but I be listening. I'm like, oh, that nigga cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Right now, right now, right now. Through the city, through the city, through the city. Girl, I really want to know, really want to know if you coming with me, coming with me, with, with me. It's a place I wanna go, place I wanna go Through the city, through the city, through the city It's a little spot I know, do you wanna go? Are you coming with me, with me, with me? It's a place I wanna go, I just wanna ride with you Take you for a little ride across the town If you come, I guarantee it's going down Yeah, you just wanna be my best Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are coming to you from Dope Society in the Bywater of New Orleans. And if this is your first time here, you are now listening to the All the Fly Kids show, where the cool, calm, and connected talk straight, no chaser. I am your host, Geronimo Knows, urban culture and lifestyle enthusiast, reformed blogger turned full-time interviewer. As always, I got my co-host, super producer Robert J in the building. Hey, 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 hey. How you feeling, brother? Man, I'm feeling about as cool as a cup of water in the 80-degree weather. Because it's hot as fuck right now. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of tepid. It's, it's, it's a little tepid, a little room temperature. It a little just like, it's hot. Yeah. I'm going to tell y'all right now, y'all not here with us. But it is hot. New Orleans is just the beginning of burning people's eyebrows off. And I say it's hot for us because, you know, we haven't quite adjusted to the weather here coming from, from the northern hemisphere. <laughs> oh, no. This is the adjustment. It's just hot. Nah, <laughs> it's not even the hottest part it's yet, not, man. It's, it's only... I know. No, like, the sweat ain't even started yet, really. And granted, I know there's people from where I'm from, where you're from, who be like, what? It's 80 degrees in March. That's great. It's like... Y'all wildin', bro. Okay, maybe without the humidity. But see, that's yeah. the thing. Maybe It's maybe. the humidity that just make everything bad. The humidity, the humidity doesn't help. You're right. The humidity don't help. But what really don't help is the lack of wind. Yes. Happening. No so breeze. So it's just humid, stuffy. It's like you in an attic outside all the time. Yes. Yeah, and it don't smell like Closer to like the, the river or the lake, you get some you wind. You get the cool. Okay. Yeah. But see, and that'd be the thing too. It'd be like the closer you get to the river or the lake, it'd be like hot on this side and like very noticeably, I need a coat, jacket, cool on this side. Yeah. I'd be riding, I'd be like, why y'all do it? Like, why y'all so emotional? <laughs> like, 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 pick a side, you know? Oh, man. So, all right. Tell people where they can find us. You, all right. You need a second to... No, no, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Robert J underscore BB, baby. <laughs> I'm in here. Look, if you want to find us, you can go to All The Fly Kids. We are on every social media network platform that exists. So even the ones that your mama don't know about, that's Twitter. That is also, before I go into this fully, I have to ask that um, we put our planes on. Our planes? Our planes on airplane mode. Our phones on airplane (laughs) mode so that we can continue to go. Um, So yeah, All The Fly Kids is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
Uh, you can interact with us there. You can follow up with us there and find out what we're about to do next as well. And if you want to contact either myself or Geronimo, Geronimo's handle on Instagram and Twitter is Geronimo Knows because Geronimo be knowing shit. And you just want to talk to him about everything. He know a little bit about everything. Actually, not think about it. And you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter or wherever at Robert J underscore BB as in Bay Bay. <laughs> Yeah, that's where we at. Oh, and if you want to listen to the podcast, because that's actually what we do, um, you can follow <laughs> us on Spotify, which is still upgrading. If another damn person tell me that I checked out the Spotify, we working on it. And it's we coming. Thank you. It's I, coming. I, I, I'm, I'm on it. I want to be rude to him. Be like, shut the fuck. I don't want to do that. I'm on it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that to him, but I be want to just kind of tell him. Just, like, just, just. It's, it's a lot of people. I'm sure inquiring with the Spotify people about the same thing. Just give us, give us to the end of the month. But you we, know what? We're gonna be back in effect. Yes, and we appreciate y'all even being concerned enough to say like, "Yo, Spotify is down. Let's, you know, let's pick it up because this is how I participate with what y'all doing. We appreciate that so much. But baby, you can find us on SoundCloud. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, possibly even Podbean. Wherever, There's so many places to listen to our podcast. Yes, it's ridiculous. Anything that any place that accepts an RSS feed, we own it. Yes, Spotify will be back in effect soon enough. Just don't hope. don't be like your grandma using that one pot to make cornbread, and if she can't find that pot, the whole meal is fucked up. Don't be like that. They sell. <laughs> There's so many different ways to consume cornbread, just like our show. Exactly. And make sure you check out the website too. Oh all yeah, the, they can subscribe. Alltheflykids.com. Yes. You yes. can see a lot of all the work that's that's been done over the past almost three years. I done lost count, like how I be forgetting how old I am sometimes. But it's uh, crazy it's about to be the hundredth episode coming up. Yep. Yeah, matter of fact, so we on episode ninety seven today, y'all. This is the radio to the video to the Arsenio episode. If you know where that line comes from, good for you. Hey. You listen to, you've been listening to rap music for a very long time. Uh, today's guest is a rather familiar name throughout the city of New Orleans. We tend to have people on here who aren't one-trick ponies. So if you're around town or or you're in the know like Robert and me, you've seen this brother holding down stages as an actor, comedian, and event host. Speaking of hosting, he's founder and one of several hosts on WBOK AM 1230's The Misbelief Radio Show, a show for the millennial voice where each week they discuss local and national current events and pop, pop culture, along with featuring music by New Orleans-based artists. We actually had another one of the Misbeliefs hosts, Malik Bartholomew, on, of No Nola Tours on the podcast a few weeks back. Hey, shout out Malik. Shout out to Malik. Shout out to Malik. Make sure y'all uh, book a tour. Get it done the right way when mm-hmm. y'all come to town. Um, even if you've been here, be a tourist in your own city. Yeah, actually, I took two of Malik's tours. I've been here. I live. I'm born and raised here, and um, like I learned a lot of stuff, like different things from different tours. So Malik is knowledgeable. That's no Nola Tours. K N O W N O L A Tours dot com. Get you one. Get you one. Yeah. So this one, we want y'all to prepare to laugh because we're gonna get some good comic relief and learn what we'll get. Well, when we'll get to hear the Dirty Water Melancholy Capricorn Chronicles Volume One. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I, I was wondering too. I want to know too. But in the meantime, though, family, please welcome the millennial Arsenio, more formally known as DC Paul, to the All the Fly Kids Show. What's happening, listeners? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for coming on. How you feeling today? I'm all right. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm fighting it. Okay. And um, yeah, it's a regular work day for me. Okay. All right. Well, 
Before oh, oh by the way, we're gonna do something a little different today. So we just gonna run random aside from, from the jump, y'all. Right out the gate. Right, right out the gate. I'm looking forward to that. Right out the gate now. Sound fun. But <laughs> but I know actually no, we're just gonna we'll get to the questions after the fact. We'll we'll weave them in some way somehow. But all right. So let me uh pull up the questions here. Are you ready? Yeah, sir? I'm ready. Let's go. First well, I do have a question. What's up? What what does D C stand for? Uh my name is Darren Paul Carcom. Okay. DC, uh, my dad's name was Dwayne Carcom. He went by DC um, when he was in high school and then later on in life because he was a deputy chief of a police department for us. And, um, you can't plan that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he went by DC, and uh, I, I'm a lot like him except the middle name. So I took his, his name and I made my middle name a last name. Okay. DC Paul. That's time. I like that. All right. Put a lot of thought to that shit. Mm. That's tight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. up. Yeah. All right, boom. What's the flyest thing you've ever done? The flyest thing I've ever done? Okay, I got to be in the studio for uh, a Tank of the Bangers in-studio recording on my last birthday. And um, that was just... It was a super fly experience all around. Um, I'm probably... If I really thought about it, I could do something. I could think of something else, but that happened recently. Okay, and it was like the highlight of my whole year. Word. Yeah. Shout out Tank and the Bangers. Mm-hmm. Yes, amazing group there. Um, if y'all haven't heard any and of their music, she said my name on the on the recording. Yeah, and okay. she said misbelieve in one of the songs. All right, so you uh, got the double shout out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah love, that's love, love. Got the double shout out. Um, all right, is it possible to make the process look sexy? Oh hell yeah! I mean, it's, what, what, I'm sitting right here. Shit, no. I mean... <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Nah, fuck that. I'm right here. Yeah, I'm right here. Okay, okay. I mean, if you really uh, look at the at the, the struggle part of the process, um, of course it's not sexy. But I think, uh, depending on what you're doing, you, you're not supposed to show people the unsexy parts of it necessarily. Unless you're doing this full transparent thing where you want people to see your ups and your downs. But yeah, do you really want them to see all that? I, I can't. Yeah. You know, like, I'd, I'd rather make it look as sexy as possible, but shit. Yeah, I'd be wondering, too. You know, behind the scenes, it's not so much. It's not. Mm. Describe life of Kanye West as president. As president? Yes, life. What would life be like as a citizen of and resident of the United States of America if Kanye West were president? I think he's, like, probably equally as qualified as the current president. Um, oh, he's in there. Hmm? He's in there, then. Well, I mean... I want him like, to run. I, I don't want him to run. Just like the current president, you know, on Twitter or in person just says all of this stuff that just don't make no damn sense and is not all the way true. I feel like that would be a, a lot from Kanye. Kanye West is more, ego, just like the president, is more of an ego than, like, the leader that he believes himself to be. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's fair. That's fair. So chaos. Or even the way people disrespect the president now. You know, like, the president is a, a kind of ongoing punchline. I see it being the same way if Kanye West was the POTUS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he don't, he don't, like, what p- political stance has he made that would make people follow him? It know, would, like, what, what has he done? It would strictly just be a symbolic thing. Mm-hmm. Because you know, person can do it. you know, aesthetically and orally, that whole administration would be like that. That's yeah, it, you know, it would. I keep saying the State of the Union addresses would be great. <laughs> I would great, tune great in every time. Yes. Great for yes. SNL. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> no, I feel like maybe if Kanye is smarter than Donald Trump, he would be able to hire like speechwriters and maybe 
the state of the union wouldn't look like it would. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be down for it. Okay. So you leave the country? I, no, I would stay on my ground. Okay. No, but I, I wouldn't vote him in for a second term. Okay. You know. Because you know people always say, "I'm moving to Canada." Nah, Ain't nobody no, left yet. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Ain't nobody left yet. Although Toronto's kind of dope. All right. Too cold. <laughs> Too cold. <laughs> uh, what's the kindest thing you've ever done that you never got credit for? Oh man, that's kind of selfish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the kindest thing I've ever done that I didn't get credit for. That's tough. I don't know. I can't even. I, actual acts of kindness, you know, um, like things I've done from my heart, I don't be expecting credit for, and I don't like keep a mental rolodex of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even want to say. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to say. I've, I've helped out some people. I didn't necessarily want credit for it. I don't know. That's that's a weird question. People answer that. People answer. There's no right or wrong answers to any of these questions. They answer, but like Rosell. No right or wrong. So if you don't want to answer, you ain't got to answer. <laughs> and it's no judgment passed. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's a weird one. All right, be rich where you are or live wherever you want on your current income. Oh. <laughs> you said live wherever I want on my current income? Yeah, be rich where but you are or live wherever you want on your current income. I want to live here. Okay. Uh, I do. I've, I've traveled the world. I've worked in Afghanistan for two and a half years, and I've seen... Every country that I wanted, I wanted to see, mm-hmm. um, and um, I chose to come back to New Orleans. And I had the option of living wherever I wanted to. Um, yeah, if I, I, would, I would love to be rich right here. Hell yeah! Word, but shit, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us would. Yeah, <laughs> New Orleans is amazing. They ain't the best chicken spot anywhere. Uh, anywhere? Anywhere? Mm. Like I like um, Harold's Chicken in Chicago. Um, man, man, that mild sauce, man. Yeah, that mild sauce. All right, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna get up there. I'm gonna get up there. What's that, get... that 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 uh, chicken spot in DC though? The chicken spot or the sauce that they put on the okay, chicken? Okay, what's the DC? sauce? The sauce is mumbo sauce. Yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Which is is what I'm told is very different from mild sauce, mm-hmm. but same idea. Same color. Yeah, yeah exactly. Same, same color. Same but idea. I mean, um, no, I noticed that a lot of places like that, yo, the chicken is mostly about the sauce, um, not the chicken. Not the chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought that I tried the chicken at Harold's without the sauce. And I was like, man, the sauce is cool, but the chicken is... The chicken is fire, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. The sauce is definitely cool. All right, that's two weeks in a row we got Harold's. Okay. Because Harold, man. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Harold. Chicken. All right. Shout out, Harold. All right, is, is Nas' album really done? I ain't heard it. Which means it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't heard it. <laughs> like, what, what did he say? He got an album that's, that's completed? So for me, this last album he came out with that Kanye produced, the whole time I was like, where's Salam Remy? Where is DJ Premier? Where's the real music? Where are the, like, what are you doing, bro? When when was that album? What was the name of it? Fresh my, my memory on now. It came out last year. It did. Uh, when Kanye, really it was about Kanye. Yeah. When he was doing his I'm producing people's whole album. And mm-hmm. each week a new album came what out. Was, what was it? Yeah. The but the name of the album, <laughs> I'm going to look it up real quick. Cause I got it on my Spotify. I feel like if I've like uh, been in the space where somebody was playing that album, I don't remember it. I forgot. The song that people, album. the song only that people really liked was "Cop Shot the Kid." That that was about the only song that people. Nice. I mean, it wasn't no Seer. singles. It was called Nice. It was called Nice. I didn't hear it. And when there wasn't no singles from the album, right? Yeah, like I said, this they had something, but I don't follow I think singles it was, like that. Like albums like this, it's hard for me to follow a single. Like it was only like seven songs. Like that's like. 
you consume the whole thing, not like if it was eighteen and you like, I need to find a single to get interested. Yeah. It's a whole, it's it, a whole thought. And it, the, it did the, good. The, good. The public, the public needs to know what the like the lead single is to know that there's an album coming out. Um, and then the visual goes with it, and some more nah, you know, he, promotional. Kanye had it all. The marketing was all really was about Kanye. Mm-hmm. Like he just put the album out. And then it was like, y'all is here. Then the singles came, videos and the visuals and all of that came <coughs> later. Bless you. Um, bless you. But I, How well did it sell? That did much, that I can't say it did super well. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, the song that I like is called Everything. And that features the dream. So I feel like I tend to like the songs that end up being singles in some form. Right? So that song is probably a single. The issue with that whole period of releases is that, you know... The other artists, with the exception of Pusha, were not pushing in terms of just like, Pusha's like, you know, no, I'm I'm going to be creative director on this just as much as you are, Kanye exactly. West. You know what I mean? I'm not going to leave it up to you. You know, I'm a, and so that's why of all the releases at that time, that album was the most memorable release. You think well, that, uh, that didn't give creative, didn't give uh, Nas any creative control over his album? I don't think he wanted to take on creative control. Oh, Even yeah. when they did the listening, the listening event um, in Queens, uh, right across from Queensbridge, it was just like, all right, this is cool, but it's still not enough where people are going to get really excited about the album. I mean, the whole thing missed me. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It, you miss it and you only follow it if you really follow Kanye. But beyond Pusha T's joint, uh, the other person that got some shine other than Kanye was uh, Tiana Taylor. I still hear her music just coming in randomly on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, she um, got some coffee shops and shit. And, uh, yeah. She got some real holistic type sounds. Um, I mean, her last two albums. Yeah. You know she what was mean? solid. Yeah. And I think people don't talk about her I know we talking about Nas but in the scheme of um, trying to figure out when his album coming out Tiana Taylor's t- his album is tight so I feel like they should do a different promotional run you know um, for Nas or Tiana for all those Kanye produced albums absolutely you know what too I think about just good music in general and it just seems like in terms of promotional runs and marketing, Pusha T is the one that's got it. That's got the strongest, the strongest, the strongest uh, uh, machine. Pusha T and Big Sean. Okay, Big Sean. They too. just don't count Big Sean as like top five greatest dead or a lot. They don't. I don't hear people being like Big Sean's the hardest. I don't hear that. But Big Sean's marketing machine is very, very effective. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not a huge rap head. I, I mean, I, I listen. What you like um, listening to? Most of the time, R&B music, something with a melody. A lot of time, music older than me. Um, my radio in my car is always on 98.5 from pretty much from the morning to the night. Okay. So that I get to hear D.O. Hughley's evening show and uh, used to be Steve Harvey in the morning. And usually, whatever, um, what? I didn't know they took it off. Yeah, they took it off. Um... Usually, like, and, and all of the cities I've been in, whatever station plays Steve Harvey in the morning yeah. or D.L. Hughley in the evening was the station I could listen to all day. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. You just had a shitty day. What's your comfort food or vice of choice? Uh, I like weed. Um, I like weed, too. Weed and some and some tea. But um, comfort food, I also like Buddha quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming next. I knew that yeah, was coming I mean, next. Gas stations around my house. I could just, on the way home, stop and get a few links of Buddha with the blunt and the tea. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a good day after that. Do you like yeah. the weed infused in the tea or do you like them separate? Oh, separate. Okay. Yeah, I've, right. I've tried uh, weed infused tea and maybe I didn't, it wasn't done right. I've had like a tincture, a tincture that mm-hmm. was like um, infused, but hot tea, like some throw coat or some chamomile, mm-hmm. some mint. Some good relaxing shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I All think right. I need to try something. I'm getting the tea kettle today. Yeah, you, you got me inspired. I'm, I have been taking care of my throat and my voice a whole lot more lately, and I'm, I've gotten into, like, the teas that are uh, soothing or, or, like, healing properties and stuff like that, so I need to. I talk a lot. <laughs> Trust me. I get you. Um, what's the best tea that you think exists for recovering your throat? Um, depending on what you're recovering from. Like, I like, I live by throat coat, but... Oh, yeah. um. Like right now, I got some phlegm on my throat, so I took some chamomile and then put cayenne pepper in it. Mm. I have been hearing about cayenne, like doing it, it clears up all mm-hmm. the oh, break, oh, yeah. sinuses, everything. Yeah, so, it, yeah. Uh, I had that this morning. It breaks up all of the phlegm. Um, it, I can feel it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works. I think that's what I need to do. It'll dry you out. But that's not podcast material. We talk it's, about no, flip. it is. <laughs> well, see, it's that. all it's, it's it's all material. We use all of it. Okay, yeah, yeah really we don't more, edit nothing. More on this flim. <laughs> we don't edit nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, name three places in your city to take a first time visitor. A first time visitor. Huh. Can I say the jazz market? You can say oh, whatever God. you want. Yeah, you I mean, can say whatever you want, oh, man. Yeah, don't don't and, ask I mean, me. But that's only been there since. 2016. That's fine. That's um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's three years like, running. Yes. Before that, I would say, uh, depending on what they're into, man, I would take them to um, Armstrong Park on a Sunday if the sun is going down where they had the, the drum circle. Yes. Um, that's just a sacred space, yeah. like a historic space Congo all around. Square. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, that's to one more place. To the lake with some crawfish. Yeah, that's um, one of my like favorite that. pastimes. On a Sunday, probably at the same time that the drum circle is going down <laughs> as the sun is setting. Um, it's just, it'd be a bunch of black people out there with crawfish, if they had season, or shrimp. Um, and people like sitting on the backs of their cars, you know, couples and children, just um, good vibes. That's actually what I did yesterday. You on the lake? Not to the lake, but I was with um, one of my homeboys and he was like, yo, you want some crabs and shrimp? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. And he went. We went to one of the Cajun seafood spots and got all these, these crab legs and shrimp, and sat. Where we go? We sat in the park, cause he went to Xavier. So we went over there and just sat over there and just ate. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, hey, you know, it was Sunday." I was like, "Yeah, yesterday was a good day. It was good weather." Yeah, it was good weather. Um, Cajun seafood was booming yesterday. Everything was booming. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, What's oh, in there to join you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we was all in yesterday and shit. I was thinking, I'm like, damn, yesterday was nice. Yeah, man. Did you have coffee yesterday too? I did. I wish I, I didn't get a chance to like really enjoy the day yesterday, but I felt the weather. I wanted to go ride. That I like cycling. You know what's funny? Crawfish is at like five ninety nine a pound now. I didn't even realize you could go and just order like ten dollars worth of crawfish. You know, I'm always like, give me two pounds. God damn, is that much? Mm-hmm. I just want to spend fifteen bucks. Give me fifteen bucks worth of crawfish. I saw somebody do that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Like that makes so much why why not do that? Now you know. Give me three pounds. Oh fuck that. I just want to spend eleven dollars. Give me eleven dollars. <laughs> eleven dollars exactly. And yeah. Not a penny over. They'll, they'll weigh it and they'll take some out and put some in. Do that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And you find that when you order like that it's still actually a pretty healthy mm-hmm. amount. Mm-hmm. For one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about it, are you really cheating, cheating yourself when you don't order it per dollar? 
Are you cheating yourself? Yeah. I think you're probably already conditioned to order by by the weight. Yeah. You know, like you don't you don't order weed by the by the dollar. Well, some people will give you a pound. Yeah. That's that's by the weight though. Some people go by like. I've had like a friend who I could I could get, let me get fifteen dollars for it. That's a blunt or two. Okay, I take it. Oh, it's it's, it's 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 in bulk. It, you know, you can just go and pick out. You know, <laughs> the have you know people, people weighing it like in a little joint. Yo, keep it. Okay, cool. There's your blunt and a half. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's how that's that's kind of how it works at dispensaries. You know, what I mean, they've got the the different mm. strains and whatnot. You know, that's kind of how it works at dispensaries. They sell about the weight though. Yeah, but you can still be like. Well, I don't know. I, just, I, wanted to do I don't know if you could, could be like, like, yeah, let me get twenty dollars worth, which ain't really shit at this dispensary. Right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> dispensary is all is all retail, all retail. So if you know anything about weed sales, you know that ain't shit. All right, <laughs> what invention or innovation will officially mark the end of the world? Oh man, invention or innovation, the end of the world. What will bring about the end of the world? It's all over. No more Buddha. I don't know. <laughs> Can I get some more? Of that? I feel like, um, like people would uh, would say, like the the invention of these sex robots. Oh shit! I'm good. Um, but I'm not. I don't know what invention or innovation. Like a one world government would bring about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I think we're heading in that direction now. I think actually. we're secretly already there. They already killed the one person that I could think of that was for really separating and keeping it the way it was, Gaddafi. Yeah, I was gonna say they got my guy. Gaddafi, yeah. He was the realest. Although, even though with things like Brexit, you know, because people were saying that with like the the EU, that's pushing towards this this one global economy, global government. Mm-hmm. But you know, the UK is like, nope. Yeah, you're being from that. Right, you true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we ain't doing that. Um, but but then I just I just thought about it. There may be some retaliation eventually against uh, against the UK for like exiting the, the EU, and it won't we won't even like see it coming. But I mean, technically they they kind of already even though they were part of it, they they really weren't because they weren't even operating with the euro. They were still using the British pound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know true. what I mean. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, I don't really like you. When you say the end of the world, you're thinking like like the revelation or just like what? Like the end of the world as we know it? Like drastic change. Yeah, that actually is a good question. What would be end of the world revelation status and then what would be the end of the world like as far as the way we I mean, anticipate I like in the way the world It's going to be apocalyptic. Today? I feel like my answer, I think revelation also talked about there being one world government. Not that I'm a Bible toller, but oh, I think no, it we, said that. We all grew up with those, yeah. you know. I think, I think it said that. Um, but like in the real world, yeah, I think that would bring about the end of the world as we know it. Um, Some people want apocalypse. I'm like, I don't want that shit. I don't, don't want like to be out. Guys. I don't want to be out here scavenging for food and shit. If I'm hoping that don't nobody try to kill me or some like purge or fucking know, right? no, type this shit. Is, this is where this is where I'm at with the apocalyptic ending. If you really want to experience that, quit your job. 
leave your spouse and just be on the street Still and the figure street. it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I guarantee yep. you, you are going to reach a point where you're like, okay, the way the world works is I need money. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. if I ain't got it, ain't shit going fast enough for me. something to eat. Exactly. Yep. yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Quit shit. And you, could, you could be in your own little apocalypse. You, exactly. <laughs> over there. Over while there. I'm in my AC with my fan on me mm-hmm. using computers and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that's, that's the life I like. All right, you were diagnosed with a rare disease. Mm-hmm. If you were diagnosed with a rare disease and told the only way to live was to exercise five days a week, how long would you last? I could do that. To live, hell yeah. All right, y'all, so New Orleans people want to live. <laughs> All the other people that's not in New Orleans that <laughs> I mean, asked this question to, y- y- y'all clearly don't give, give a fuck about your life. People, people say that they can't. They can't people like, nah, I'll be dead. That's really? I ain't heard it here. I, I haven't even asked that. Now you got me thinking, like, when I go, when I travel, I'm going to ask somebody, like, you know, if 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 you were diagnosed, blah, 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 how would you? And I'm going to see what they say. But I ain't heard nobody here say, like, I can't know. There's and I don't no even, I've, I've had points where I was working out five, six days a week. Now I'm not working out at all. But if I had to to live, sure. Yeah, I don't like, what you mean to run with, with the treadmills and push-ups? Let's go. Let's go. What you need? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. I'm with that. And see, but see, this is the thing. Actually, no, I'm not gonna say that because I'm. No, 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 because that's gonna that's gonna have people that's gonna have more people answering the question in a way. Yeah, I don't want to guide the question, so I'm gonna skip that. I, I can't believe people say they can't make it. Yeah, they. That they, ain't, that people, ain't much I ain't heard it yet, but I'm I'm still waiting. People in New Orleans like to do shit, like to live. Yeah, man. People in New Orleans like to if live. If I could, if I could still like live and have my drinks and my smoke, but just exercise five days. Let's go. Yes. How long? I could go forever like this? That's all you need to do is exercise five days a week and that'll keep you alive. I'll live forever. What is the name of the first person you kissed? Uh. (laughs) If you don't remember, it's okay. (laughs) I know, we went to middle school together. Was it, uh, Alyssa? Allison? She went by Allie? Yeah. It was a white girl. No, it was a white girl. They yeah. didn't have big booties. She did not. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> white, white women didn't have big, big booties back then. No, I went to Lusher. There was a clear nah, difference between I, the... Did my, I you from the Midwest, though. Y'all different. gonna say mm-hmm. they was corn... Young corn they got the okay. corn fed. They was brown. And, <laughs> I want to say brown, but they wasn't. They looked like apple signs. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. On, uh, man. White people... Like, you know, in this city, um, being exposed to a whole lot of white people ain't common mm-hmm. for a black person. I went to middle school that was mixed... And I saw like real white people, and they were cool. Um, but like they weren't like the kind of black white girls that you know had butts. And they were like white girls, yeah. Oh, like came from yeah. the private school, and then yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Becky, and, oh my God, look at her. But they was cool. You know what? It was like it was an influx of Jessies, Jessicas, and Jesses. Jess, Jessies, <laughs> and Jessicas. It's like okay, and she had to learn last names with all these white girls, and that was how I got to know. Okay. Them. All right. <laughs> How will the country change once marijuana is fully legalized? Ooh. I like to. I mean, I would like to think that there would be less uh, black men incarcerated uh, for like possession. Um, but I feel like the system is not necessarily set up in a way for uh, black men to get into that marketplace and prosper legally. I think even if it becomes legalized, it'll be we, we still gonna be selling it you know, under the table was probably easier than setting up a dispensary and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think this it, I, I would like to think that the world would be a lot more laid back, but, um, you know, I see, I see like, uh, black people being punished for it in different ways. 
you know, even if that's like tax evasion, you sold all of this and you ain't paid the government this much on it, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. Yeah, I just read that the weeds, so a lot of weed stocks that exist have increased in value tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I thought about what you just said, like, damn, well, just even the stock market in general, but even First just we weed, access to stock weed stocks. Like, how many of us as black people even are even aware that that exists? I know exactly. Four you know personally I mean? in the city who are like they're actively watching the stocks on the app and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as the state legalizes it, they hopefully they're black people, like right there at the forefront of like having the space and dispensary. Um, but I don't know what the white people are about. I feel like it's a lot more of them yeah. that are aware and taking advantage of it. You know, um, what is what's the weed laws for Louisiana? It's decriminalized. So okay. if it's under a few ounces, you get a, a ticket, a citation, and summons, I believe, for it. Okay. But um, you they can't arrest you. Okay. Still, like um, it's like if you if you're smoking while you're driving, that still is like a, a DUI or um, yeah. I mean, if you've been around, like, Mardi Gras recently, I think a lot of the police are more concerned with, like, public safety, you yeah. know, like... Um, yeah. Which they should be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially during, like... Getting high off yeah. weed, like, of there, all things. If you go down into, like, the, the French Quarter or Bourbon Street, like, you could possibly walk past a police officer while smoking it and just get away with it because they're looking for people selling it or pickpocketing or harming Guns, people. Or, robbing, raping. Yeah, they want to yeah. keep the French Quarter safe for tourists and economy. I'd be more concerned about a drunk person than somebody that smoked weed. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ain't never seen somebody that was high of weed wilding the fuck out. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I smoked some weed. I've never been harassed <laughs> by police for weed in the city ever. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you believe the producers of Family Feud secretly want to start a race war? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this came to me last year as I was watching it. I was like, you know... Is, is it always a white family against a black family? No. More often than not, really? it is, yes. I think that gives... I, I binge-watched a bunch of episodes. I'm like, see, something ain't right here, something ain't right. <laughs> it mm. wasn't like this back in the day. I feel nah. like Steve Harvey... That probably gives Steve Harvey more to, um, to like, joke and comment on. Um, but no, man, I don't think Family Feud wants to start a race. Is that a serious question? Mm-hmm. No, man. That was my question. I, I have no problem letting anybody... That's a question that I no. came up with. <laughs> because in my mind... My mind be going places sometimes. And I watch and I'd be completely school. sober thinking about some of this I, shit. I think that's like that's they, they try to give Steve as much to work with as they can with them the inappropriate questions and he gets a response to people's mm-hmm. responses and then even um the, a white family a black family or two different race races of families because i I've seen Hispanic families, I've seen Asian families mm-hmm. on there. But I think that just gives him more to work with to make the show entertaining. And it just looks good on T V. Representation. Mm-hmm. All right, millennial Arsenio, you already hip to how the TV game works. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. You on an episode of Shark Tank? What are you pitching and wearing? Oh, man. <laughs> what am I pitching and what am I wearing? I could pitch the the misbelief punch. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's a it's a cocktail. It has a, a like an emotional um, pull to it that mm. people in the city fuck with. Um, and I'm probably wearing a sweater. A yes. dope, a, a dope. You, you like sweaters a lot. Like sweater. yeah, yeah, I, I read that. that. <laughs> dope, I, I read it, but sweater. I saw it. I was like, he do wear sweaters a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Is is there a particular uh, style of sweater? You like no. prints? You like? You I do. I like like loud prints, but I mean, I got a bunch of like granddad sweaters that are plain. I got Cosby sweaters. Okay. I got you know cardigans and um, sweater vests, and I go on and on. Yeah, just, uh, just you like you know switching out with the sweater vest. Yeah, okay. I do sweater vest sometimes. Okay, all right. All right. You got you got an old spirit, man. I've heard that before. You got an old spirit. No, that's not wrong with that. I got no, an no, old no. spirit too. You know what I mean? So, I think we all do. You can't see mine right now, but we all do. I can see it. Oh. We're here. <laughs> I am. I'm really interested to hear your response to this one. Top three artists to change your mind. To change my mind. Set mindset. I'm sorry. Change you know, mindset. Change your mind. <laughs> I to change my mindset. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man. Tracy Chapman honestly changed my mindset. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like back in was that 2000 2001. Um, just. Uh, Hearing like um, what she does with her voice is not like the most classical voice, and mm-hmm. not even like the, the most beautiful voice to a lot of people. But um, just the way she told stories with it mm-hmm. um, and her lyricism. So yeah, to change my mindset. Who else changed my mindset? Oh man, that Lauryn Hill Unplugged album uh, changed my life. Got a fine <laughs> piece, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like I went through a lot of the same stuff she was going. Through. Even though I, I was like 2001, I was in high school, but like I feel like. I was with her on a whole lot of things about okay. like just uh, breaking out of like mental chains and um, just becoming your true self. I was, I was young going through that shit. But, um, uh, who else changed my mindset? Oh, Jimi Hendrix. Word. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix definitely um, went through a period where I listened to a lot of him and like started just thinking differently. Yeah. I almost would say the three those three artists have some like similarities or commonalities in terms of just like you know oh, they all play guitar they okay they do I don't know a lot about uh, Tracy like I just put in on my um, notes for this particular episode that I want to go back and listen to Tracy like uh, Fast Car was mm-hmm. her breakout single yeah, yeah I, I heard yeah. about Fast Car but then like the single in the 90s especially the single that represented like them ain't really who they were. No, it's uh, that um, give me one reason to stay here. Yeah, that's, that's not Tracy Chapman. Yeah. That could have been anybody singing that song. Mm-hmm. Even like that blues progression. It's not like you would think she was a blues artist. That was the one, one of the few songs. But she was more like folk storyteller. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yep. And the whole first album, some of the songs were acapella. One of the songs acapella, but like just she told some great stories. There's one song called um, "Mountains of Things." Mm-hmm. It's just about like. Um, I think it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's about like uh, when you, you know, I'll be, I'm happy when I, when they'll bury me, all, all these mountains of things that I accumulated, you know, during my life, you know, um, it's just, I, I think it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's about like uh, materialism mm-hmm. and how you can't really take it with you, but the the person in the song is like, I'll be happy yeah. mm-hmm. to bury me with all these things. And it's a nice little catchy beat to it. I like it. It sounds like um, if she's a storyteller. Uh, Jimmy don't really tell stories necessarily. He yeah, talks about experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lauren, she kind of does something similar. Like she's on both ends where she tells stories mm-hmm. in different verses. Yeah. But it's really an overall experience yeah. for the whole song. Mm-hmm. But they all are revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this I'm a Lauren head, so I'm going to take it back that the, the Unplugged album changed my life. But like, Listen to her on like the first Fuji album, the London on Reality. Yes. The hearing her um, with, with lyrics and with what she's doing with her voice, and mm-hmm. then the next album, like Lauren Hill, just in general, Lauren Tracy and Jimi Hendrix probably all changed my, my mindset in a lot of ways. Word, mm-hmm. word, yeah. word, word. She was definitely a storyteller, especially when she was 
uh, the score with the Fuji's. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't know, whatever, whatever space she was, she in, was love, in at man. the time. Yeah. That would have yeah, She was, she was definitely yeah. in love at that point. Well, I mean, love is amazing. That's how we well. got the miseducation. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, well, that that heartbreak right there. It yeah. The world. yeah, man. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a real pivotal time even for me. I was in high school at that time too, and. Man, when all those albums came, oh, not the first Fuji's album, but the second one and Miseducation, I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And the second one was like 90, I mean, the first one was like 92 or 94. So I, I wouldn't even like listen to secular music at that point. I yeah, had to go I, back. I, I, was, I had to go back and like do my research when I got into the Fuji's. Yeah, I got to do my research on them too, like even further. But yeah. Yeah, that was, I was a, uh, I was telling him, um, a couple other people, like, you know, I'm a real student. Uh, hip hop to the point where like I remember I used to watch Rap City when I was in elementary school I would look forward to seeing that going home after school to watch that and this mm-hmm. I'm talking about in the days when, freestyle. when in the basement. but this was like way before the basement I'm talking about Joe Clear before, Big, uh, Big Liz Big was when that. it looked like it was recorded for VHS mm-hmm. <laughs> like that shit and they was like in your hood somewhere <laughs> you know what I mean I missed that yeah like that was a pivotal time where like Every Saturday night, watching your own TV raps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before they, before Dr. Dre and Ed Lover left, um, I'm talking about like those early episodes when, like, really they had the basement before Big Tigger had the basement. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I just think about how hearing the album, the, like hearing the first Fuji album, and then hearing the score, um, and then hearing Miseducation. I don't know. It just, it just, the timing was perfect for my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Matter of fact, Miss Education came out. I was, I was actually a senior in high school. Yeah, I was a senior. So definitely perfect. <laughs> definitely perfect at that time. All right. Is it more important to be right or on the right side of history? Uh, what's the difference? There's a difference. Oh, it's huge. Difference. There's a difference. Something it happened. might be a subjective difference. It is. But mm-hmm. there's a difference. Now, something happened and made me think about this question uh, recently. I talked about it after you, but after you, DC, so. I don't know about that one. Like, um, if you hold a belief, I believe you should stand firm in that and not change your belief. Okay. In the interest of being on the right side of history, you know, if you feel like you feel. They're fixing the AC upstairs so we won't be in here sweltering as the temperature gets hotter and hotter as the days progress. I'm doing all right, man. Yeah. I, and I'm about to take this hoodie off. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you ask me how I'm doing again and I tell you I'm doing cool, you better believe that there's a hot statement coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. So. I mean, um, that's like if you want to be lovingly remembered because you were on the right side of history. And hopefully that's really how you felt at the time. But if you don't feel like that, you know, like, I think it's important to stand firm in what you believe, even if that's unpopular. And and in the future, if you're still living, when you want to run out of history, if you want to answer for that, or you want to tell people how you change and evolve from then. But yeah, no, I mean, if, if you're right right now, I think it's important to be right right now. And then if you're wrong later on, you can say that. I agree with that. Yeah, and that's really too. actually why I came up with that that question because I saw that I'm like some of these people just going with the with the crowd mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and they don't want nobody to uh, you know I appreciate that shirt 
He's wearing a shirt that says Black Thighs Matter. Hey, yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Shout out to Black Thighs. Shout out to Supernova King. It's her, her brand. She's a, a fitness instructor and a, a, a lifestyle wellness coach. Okay. Can we plug her Instagram or something? Because I want one. Yeah, we're we, we going to buy a t-shirt. At? If you go to Supernova Fit, that is S-U-P, Supernova, N-O-V-A, Fit, F-I-T. You can get one of those shirts. Check it out. Black Thighs Matter. Black Thighs Matter. So if you out there with wonderful thighs, they can be big thighs with the jelly on them. They can be toned with the brown skin shining, yeah, she, glistening. She, she don't thigh shame. Oh, God, no. Shame. No, we don't. Small <laughs> mm-hmm. thighs, medium sized thighs, you know, light brown mm-hmm. thighs, dark brown thighs. God, just, yes. Just don't be ashy. Oh, oh, stay moisturized. Nah, nah, just stay moisturized. Your own good. Please stay moisturized. Yes. Um, but yeah, a lot of I found that a lot of people just want to go with the crowd because they don't want to deal with whatever backlash. Mm-hmm. But then there's a few people who are like, no, I'm going to stand in conviction here, mm-hmm. and I don't agree. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why I came with that question. I just want to see like, okay, what do you consider the right side of history? Do you cons- like? Because even for me, I'm just like, how do we even know if this is going to be the right side of history? Until we get because to end up. and and then many Until of us history. many of us may not even be here to see what that long term right. future outcome will mm-hmm. be. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to be lovingly remembered as a person who stood for this before your time, and you know, but no, nah, if you're still living, I think it is uh, it's a very gentlemanly quality of a man to be able to say I was wrong. Yes, at the time I felt like this because mm-hmm. this, um, but you know, since then, I've, if even if if you have changed. If you haven't changed, stand firm in what you in what you said originally. But if you learn something new, which most people as they grow older tend to unlearn and relearn things, yeah, that I think that that says way more than like you going along with something in the beginning because you knew that later on people would remember you lovingly. That's yeah, word. That's weird. What's the uh, what's the last amaz- amazing album you heard? I had an amazing album. The last one? Because I've heard a bunch of them. Whichever one. Uh, the last one you can think of that really just... You was like, yeah, I can run this back over and over and over. I don't want to say Chloe and Haley. I mean, that's I really like that album. And, um, Why don't you want to say them? Because, I mean, I, I recently just gave it a listen. I was like, this is good. It's, yeah. But, but it's not like, like new, new or something? It doesn't have to be new. I don't think it's new. Maybe go rinse that thing off. Yeah, you're you're too man. late for the three-second rule because you, you had to have your visceral reaction. This is the thing. <laughs> Where I'm from, you better shut up <laughs> and wipe it off with your shirt and keep it moving. Yeah. I dropped my spoon on the floor, y'all. But I'm from where I'm from. <laughs> um, like, Chloe and Hale is a great album. I, it took me a while to actually give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. If you like the album, go with that. Yeah, that's, I guess. <laughs> uh, how has your upbringing informed your life choices, good and bad? Uh, I grew up with both my parents in the home. Um, and my parents were young when they got married and had kids. So mm-hmm. I guess I got to see uh, both my parents go through different phases. I remember both my parents turning 30 and then them going through a religious phase where we couldn't go to Mardi Gras parades and they were speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I feel like... Um, I mean, I like to think it made me a, a, a more well-rounded person, you know, not having parents that were um, already set in their ways, yeah. you know, while raising three boys. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen, I've seen them go through phases, and it, it kind of makes me appreciate phases of life. You know, like, I knew 
my mom at one point was you know super strict and like was like using belts and things and then later on in life she had a whole she was anti you know violence against children so just kind of appreciating um meet the person where they are right now you know and um and riding with them through through whatever the phase is yeah. Have your parents been supportive of your career? Oh yeah, right. yeah. My dad passed in uh, like the beginning of 2017, mm-hmm. but was like uh, probably my biggest fan. You know, he was at everything he could be. He was even t- he got me a bunch of gigs just from talking about me so much. Okay. And my mama lives in Dallas, uh, but like anytime she's in town, she wants to know where to, where she can catch me at. Yeah, since I was young, they sent me to Noka. They would buy me instruments, and um, yeah, absolutely, they've been. Yep, huge supporters. Cool. What gives you power? Uh, for me, individuality. For me, yeah, just knowing like I'm the only person like me. Only I can do the things that I can do. Yeah. Um, and only I can do it like I can do it. It may not be like you know, in comparison to anybody else's. It's not that it's better than his or not as good as hers. It's like only I can do this. Mm-hmm. And you know that gives me a lot of power to walk in. Word. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh. Mm-hmm. Name the one best and one worst character trait of your generation. Um, like my generation, we found um, like innovative ways to to make money and start careers. Um, but I think that a lot of people in my generation like uh, focus and punctuality. Yes. Punctuality. Yes. Sorry for hitting the table. Don't get mad at me wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> I could hit the table too because I'm just as guilty as well, of punctuality as let me apologize everybody else. On, on record for, for being late because like, yeah. I've, I've done somebody else's podcast before and they were late and I was like upset. I'm a nah, but the, person. But that's the thing. You you you, you called way ahead of time to let yeah, me know. Yeah, yes. And, yes. So that's a, and that's that's a, some people cool. just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I was like, you could have said something. You're so right. You know? Yeah, like punctuality is one of my defining characteristics and I, and it makes me seem uptight oftentimes I'm like trying to get here at this time you yeah know, like, it can um, but, it's, but it's appreciated and, and it I helps get things it. run smoother but also communication like if you're not going to be there on time let somebody know so they can prepare but like you know mm-hmm. I think a lot of people my, my generation have a problem with focus and punctuality Kyle, when you say focus I see it I see it where I work mm-hmm. I see it I'm, I'm not punctual very much at my job um, but my focus is very very sharp when I go in, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Other people, they don't. And you can tell how it affects the whole team when one or two or three or four or everybody else ain't focused. Great. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I would rather you be late <coughs> if you're going to come in and be focused. Oh, same. Same. Like, I still get yeah, the work like, done, still do what yeah, you need to do. I can, be, I can, I can deal with the lack of punctuality, but be fucking focused. And my interns on a radio station, you know, like we go live at seven, mm-hmm. but I'm there at six. Not that I need much. I can do everything in the station, the, the, the DJ part, the, you know, like, but I get there at six just for that much prep time. And I have this intern who, like, he wants to know how to work the boards and he wants to, you know, but, like, don't show up at 7.05 if we went live at 7. I've been here since 6, you know, like. You don't get in the room. Don't come, don't walk in. Oh, man. Like, what? what do I do? What do I do? Like, you I, would. You're unfocused and you're not punctual. You yeah. could have been here. You could have been here at six fifty-five. I could have gave you a quick five-minute walkthrough. But like right. showing up late and you don't know shit. You know. Uh, if he, yeah. If he listens to this, if he listens to this, oh man, because he, he's a podcaster, he might. So if he listens, what I can say is, even if you are going to do that, 
still like stay later even if they're not there stay later and learn how to do it come even earlier than normal on a normal on another on another day mm-hmm. to learn how to do it but like okay fine you lack focus in that moment but you can dedicate yourself to what it is that you're supposed to be learning so the next time that that opportunity shows up you can perform better there you, and you can change your your whole um uh presence around about how people perceive you that was good i mean i ain't gonna say later to help you learn because i got there early no <laughs> i wouldn't either <laughs> But also, you can, you can learn these things online. You yeah. can you could watch. Yes. Even if you get there late, make sure you sit back and watch the person who is doing it. Take all the notes you can. So next time, if you happen to show up seven o five and we've been on air for five minutes already, you can just jump right in. Exactly. But don't be like, what? What do I do? Exactly. <laughs> what do I do? Get out of here. How, how, how does being super punctual? How does that work out for you being in New Orleans? Because I oh, I <laughs> I found that like I have to tell myself, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't get there on time because uh-huh. I'm gonna be the only person there looking crazy okay, for well, a good, good thirty nah, minutes. Be there on time, okay? Because you're gonna have some other people to come in late. Like, oh, you've been here, thank God, because I didn't know what was going on and I was late. Some people like to walk into an event that's already happening. You want to walk yes. in that's already lit. You yeah. know, um, see, any event I'm producing. It's gonna start on time. If they say doors at six, the doors will be open at six because I've been there since five. Okay. And then if the show starts at seven, the doors gonna the show gonna start at seven because we do the sound check at five thirty before the doors open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but in this city, not very many people because it's the big easy, and you know, not very many people operate like that, and people mm-hmm. get used to it. I told this girl one time she was asking me about you know doing events and things. I think you gotta train an audience to know what to expect from you. That some people, let's say they produce comedy shows, and you know if you buy a ticket to it, and let's say doors at 7, mm-hmm. you can show up at 8.30 and you'll be fine. You ain't gonna miss nothing. Mm-hmm. But you should know if you come to one of my shows, and like you should know from my, my track record. If you show up at, say, doors at 7, show at 8, and you show up at 9 o'clock, you miss the whole hour of the show. Because, you know, like, so people know. like oh, A real people. show, though. Mm-hmm. Not like kind of walked into it. Like, no, it starts literally at that time, mm-hmm. and it's jumping from yep. that time to the end mm-hmm. even like, after uh, the end sometimes I pride myself on that the jazz market you know I'm there early because the doors open at 9 um, and I want like all of my stuff and the production technical stuff to be done when the doors open you don't want to see people moving chairs around and setting up curtains and stuff so like that's done and then the band knows to get there before 10 o'clock because mm-hmm. like we starting at 10 you know um, and that's with all of the events I produce like I don't want people to or have it in your mind that you can show up late because you're going to miss something so for anybody who hasn't been to the Wednesday jam session at the Jazz Market, mm-hmm. let people know what to expect. Paint a, 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 a picture for them because you went. Oh God, y'all better expect a, a <laughs> show for real, oh, and it's once. and it's free. It's crazy. Yeah. I've been once, but I've been planning to go, um, and it was crazy because when I went, I was trying to like be like low key. I, I came all black. I, you saw me. I, I did, was not. You could not recognize me. And still, people was like, "You performing?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Like, I'm really trying." I was up at the top, hiding off and shit. They still like, "You ain't going." I'm like, "I'm not here to do that. I am here to, to be a participant of the audience." It's kind of hard to miss, man. You're, you're six foot four, man. You know? No, man. regardless, <laughs> even even dressed in all black, you know. People I had on a hat and a now, hoodie, man. They are gonna see who was this 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 tree in the corner <laughs> man like it was it was beyond that like it was it was a really really amazing show um the musicianship of the band was amazing they caught on to everything there was nothing that they missed um 
the artists, even though they weren't, some of them weren't experienced, they still did wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, some and you can tell the different levels of of um, experience, not talent, but experience um, that they had was really. It was it was a it lot of different. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fluctuation there, but. The thing that made it all blend beyond the band was um, actually you, DC, because you come in and you like singing what they were singing before, and then you got the band hyping up. I'm like, you know, shit, actually, the way you sing it make me feel it really wasn't a bad song. Now that I'm listening for real, they done jazzed it up. You had the uh, improv choir. Oh, I love it when the choir shows up. Oh, and man. Then, you know, that band only has one horn player, uh, uh, Lil Glenn, on the trumpet. But usually when. Oh, he's board, cold, too. Yeah, yeah, he is. But when most horn players show up and it's like an impromptu horn section, it's just, I, I love it. It's my yes. favorite night of the week. Yes. You know, it is. Word, word. Um, I mean, you described it perfectly. It's an open mic jam session. Um, we started with this band called Cool Nasty. They moved to Los Angeles last year. How do you find Black Rhapsody? Because I went and looked for them on Instagram, and I'm like, Black Rhapsody's tight. I want to follow what they're doing. Well, they can follow Black Rhapsody, B-L-A-Q-R-H-A-P-S-O-D-Y on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, they actually weren't a band before playing at the jazz market. Mm. You know, um, they, were, they were all musicians who would come around. I think the, the guitar player hadn't really been there before, but... Um, when Cool Nasty moved away, they took it upon themselves to appoint a musical director. That's Jay Hawk, who plays the bass in Black Rhapsody. Oh, he cold then, too. Um, yeah, yeah, well, he's dope. He cold. I don't know what I was. I was. I was talking to a friend of mine about bass players. People sleep on the bass players. Mm-hmm. That dude cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's the he's the, he's the MD for that band. Um, and I think he chose all the other musicians, and um, they mostly just play at the jazz market. They would like to get more gigs. Like they were at the Three Keys this past. I did Friday. hear about that. I did hear about that. But um, yeah, they uh, they were they uh, they were formed there at the jazz market with musicians that had just come and sat in before, and um, it turned into a gig for them. Like they're trying to make it into an actual like an actual band. They don't oh, have any original music. I don't think they've crafted a sound all their own just yet, because people just know them from the jazz market. Mm-hmm. Like Cool Nasty, you guys weren't around for Cool Nasty, were you? I they were um, like uh, they had their own sound. The guitar player had uh, the vocoder and uh, the lead. I think the lead, but he was a saxophone player. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lady on the keyboard. They they are just a, a cool dynamic. Um, had their own sound, their own look, and outside of like the the jam, they were getting gigs. Like people were booking them to play at all the festivals, Essence Jazz Fest. So they had their own thing outside the the jazz market. That's why. They felt like they were ready to, to move after mm-hmm. like doing so much. They went out to LA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, so you I, heard about them. I heard uh, someone said someone not in New Orleans told me about them to like go check them out. So I'm gonna go check them out. Then that's when I saw they moved to LA. But I opened all this week, so I'm actually gonna go for my first Wednesday jam session. You gonna need to go. Oh, you haven't been yet. I haven't been yet. No, oh, he's man. been. I have, but yeah. I, I I get off early enough to where I can go it's this free. Wednesday. You yes. know, um, it's free and it's free yeah. like that's the other thing it's free y'all y'all can donate too yeah yeah there's plenty of ways you can help support yes. it you can get a drink from the bar and buy some food from one of the vendors or some product any anything from one of the local vendors and tip me if you feel so inclined i got a bucket um but yeah uh, that's the that's that's a that's a thing here free, too man. and a Crazy. lot of the, the music performance venues you'll find there's a tip jar mm-hmm. right there on the stage mm-hmm. put some love in that bucket Yes. At the end of each performance, yes. whether it's a, a, a music performance, a, a comedy show, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So do that. 
yes. in exchange for being able to get into this space for free. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, it's been some places. Free entertainment. Free entertainment. And it's not just like entertainment. Like this is actually people who are seasoned and know what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. I've been to a, a, a lot, not necessarily here, but a lot of different events and venues where it's an open mic or it's an event and everything is ran by like Oxcord. So you know that there's a certain level of not knowing what the fuck is going on here mm-hmm. going on. And with that said, like, you still got to pay like $10 to get in. And I'm like, bro, why am I here? I could have done this at home in front of my dog. And I would have been just fine. Yeah. And y'all charging me $10 I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, there I do host two other events that are very similar to the one you just described. It's only $5 to get in. But it's an open mic with some booked acts in between. And you can plug in the aux cord, which, I mean, I get a lot of people at the jazz market who want to do that. Not mm-hmm. everybody wants to be like a live band performer. So that, that's not easy either. Right. Performing live no. band is not easy. Facts. Yeah. So like there are opportunities for that in the city. Um, all the ones I know of happen on Sundays. But um, yeah, I think we, we never did aux court at the, at the jazz market, but we used to do acapella. Mm-hmm. I would take a break and let poets and comedians do their thing. Mm-hmm. But for one, it took up too much time. And um, it was always hard to get the musicians to come back to the the instrument when it was over. Yeah. And it's a jam session. You all right, man? You know, man. He had a little piece of shell or something in there. A little piece of shell. That's how you know you really eating something in the dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a a jam session, which, like, it's not supposed to be a pre-rehearsed thing. It's, you know, like the, the organic... Impromptu uh, feel of it is like what we're what we're trying to cultivate. Word, you know? word. Okay, well, yeah, check it it's out, beautiful. It's, it's I'm there this Wednesday. I'm if there. If you like real music, and I know you do. If y'all if y'all in New Orleans this Wednesday or any Wednesday, show up. Yes, I'd be so mad because people that be coming from other places, in, in the, well, places I live that I know, I'd be like, y'all staying Wednesday? Y'all gonna be here Wednesday? Like, nah, I leave Tuesday. I'm like, you's a sucker. They no, they, 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 yeah. miss, they, miss, they miss events like that or they miss like ascendance or something. You yeah, know, all yeah. ascendance. <laughs> and then, and that'd be the thing, like they come here for Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd be like, y'all oh, don't understand. Y'all getting such a watered down, yeah. watered down, down. It is a whole Wednesday and people don't expect there to be like a lit thing to do on a Wednesday like that. So you're thinking if you come here to, to, to visit, a weekend plus an extra day or two is enough, but I mean, nah, be here Wednesday in the middle of the week. That's yeah. yes, be when, here Wednesday. Wednesday through Saturday, Sunday actually, so you could actually have a real live uh, a second line experience. Too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Matter of fact, this Sunday is Mardi Gras and Super Sunday. That I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually. Oh yeah, off. Super Sunday is a whole nother. I'm thing. off, so I'm gonna be there for that. All right, next question: What sits at the intersection of empathy and self determination? At the intersection of empathy and, and self determination. Oh man, those are not even related. Like my Twitter twi- timeline inspired that question. Empathy, empathize, but I'm also determined to do something for self. At the intersection of that. Mm. Uh, like I guess that's uh. Hmm. Get DC Paul. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I, I get you. Get me. You get me. Like I, I feel that. I feel you. I, I feel you. But, but I still gotta get up out my ass. We and you and all some ways and whatever your thing is, you gotta get the getting, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I was thinking me, but uh, because I'm, um, 
I mentioned numerology, mm. and all of my numbers are ones and nines. Mm. So self-determination is a, a very one characteristic, like yeah, singular and determined. But nines are like about like uh, un universal, you know, universal my, love I, and, I and have number nine. Relate, relatability. Mm. So I feel like that's the empathy part. If you are like, we talking about life path, or are we talking about just like in the name? Uh, I'm talking about my four, my four type numbers. Gotcha. Uh, two ones and two nines, um, which. Studying that and knowing me, it makes sense. So, like, yeah, like a, a, a empathetic heart that wants to do for the masses, but also like um, a focus. that's like I'm I'm doing this, and I don't necessarily need anybody else, you know, um, to do what I want to do for everybody. Mm -hmm. So you get DC Paul. Man. You get DC Paul at the intersection of empathy and self determination, <laughs> yeah, that, yo. I don't even want to say that, but <laughs> look I mean, for him. That's what it is. <laughs> right there. You get Geronimo. You get DC Paul. Are you you get a few other people. Am I there? I think I'm somewhere on that road. You don't really feel for nobody. I feel for lots of people very deeply. Actually, you don't. You're not self-determined. Very much. But I say I'm somewhere in the middle because on depending on the day that you catch me, <laughs> like, like at the end, of I session, might be feeling like kind of empathetic. Like you know what, I can put myself to the side a little bit. That's true. And other days, it's like look. I'm out here ruthless, relentless. Oh, What's mine is mine, yeah. and I need it right now. This is true. So, okay. yeah. All right. You ever suffered from FOMO, fear of missing out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You seem like you be out a lot, though. Well, I was in, um, I worked for, I was contracting for the Department of Defense, and then for NATO. Mm -hmm. when I was in, I was overseas working, doing IT work. And I had started, like, some career work before that and took that time off to go hustle and make some money and paid attention to, like, my social media while I was away. Mm -hmm. And I definitely felt like I was missing out. People I knew were, like, progressing in their careers and, you know, auditions and shows and doing things. And, yeah, I felt like, um, yeah. Well, put it like that, you know, you're in Afghanistan. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would that, definitely though. feel that way, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. And, I'm looking at festivals happening. I'm like, every Mardi Gras, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, I was over over, over there. Mm. You know, I had to watch that at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm yeah. like, man, I wish, you know, yeah, I've had that. I guess it wasn't even fear. It was anxiety from missing out. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Because I was definitely missing out. Fuck the fear of it. It, it happened. Exactly. <laughs> you can use only one social media platform for the rest of your life. What is it? I like my Facebook. You like your Facebook? I do like my Facebook. You really do have an old soul, man. <laughs> Facebook since 05 and um, it feels just more um, versatile than yeah. everything else to me okay it does Facebook's, it is, Facebook's not bad no, I, ever since they started more. Facebook Watch oh yeah Facebook Watch, Facebook I like Watch that's how we all know about Red Table Talk oh yeah yeah, yeah. see it's like yeah. live but like TV mm -hmm. yeah yep I'm, I'm glad they did Facebook that Facebook content yeah and I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to some more because that Red Table Talk is that's the best. Mm -hmm. That's the best shit on it. Yeah, <laughs> best shit on it. Um, who do you channel when you create? Uh, Paul Robeson. Mm. He was a Renaissance man. Um, best he could to maintain like his blackness mm -hmm. in spaces where it may not have been appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, and he had a deep voice. Yes, he was. <laughs> this, just I just was thinking about. I'm like, man. Yeah. Okay. Alright, what was your uh, craziest Uber or Lyft experience? I drive. I, hmm. I, I, I very rarely... That, that counts, because I, I used to... I was. A, I mean, I don't drive I, Uber. Oh, okay, I, okay. I drive oh, myself okay. places. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. actually going to take a lift back to the radio station from here, but I don't really have too many Uber or Lyft experiences. Okay. Um, How about any cabs? 
Okay. Okay. That counts. <laughs> yeah. Y'all want? you ready for this story? I'm ready. This is my we... first time um, doing mushrooms. Whoa! And I was in, um, <laughs> I was in Amsterdam. I had like oh, a, man. something like a maybe 13 hour layover. So I figured I'm gonna you know I'm gonna take the train from the uh, from the airport into the red light district and just spend the 13 hours just yeah. going crazy. Just tripping. So soon I got the train. Um, the, and my first time in Amsterdam. Mm. So I got off the train and went to the first coffee shop I saw. Not really knowing that it's gonna be multiple coffee shops that I'm going to in this 13 hours. So I went in there, got some stuff, and I had to register. It's a little pack of mushrooms. So I bought it and put it in my my carry-on bag and um, just kind of enjoyed the red light district for 12 or 13 hours and then it was time for me to go back uh, I realized I still had these mushrooms and I knew I couldn't take them on an airplane with me so <laughs> like more than half the bag I just was like fuck it I'm going and I, I ate them tasted horrible yeah it tasted ate horrible. like Skittles oh, yeah. how, how, how much came in the bag I wish like I could an ounce remember. I was that much? Yeah, probably like an ounce. So you yeah. probably had a similar first experience with shrooms that I did, because my well, first time I ate an ounce of shrooms, and because mm-hmm. the shit wasn't moving fast, because you know you, if you only used to smoke weed, uh-huh. it's like okay, you feel it right away. Shrooms, you got to digest it, got to go through your bloodstream, you know, takes a minute me, for you to feel it. Let me tell you about the cab. So I, I, <laughs> I, I ate more than half an ounce, threw the rest away, um, and I'm in the cab, and it, like almost immediately, like my stomach is like getting upset mm. so um i tell the, the the and by the way all the cabs out there are mercedes benz that's like the standard oh, nice. taxi cab in amsterdam it's not even a luxury car taxi mm. cab so like um I told this guy to want to throw up in his car would you please pull over like a middle eastern guy so he comes to like the, the back door he's like patting the back of my neck and like rubbing my you know like poor boy you, you'll be okay you'll be okay <laughs> so like um but he's had to stop like two or three other times and i didn't tell him like what i was going to um, so yeah, that's like my craziest taxi experience. Cause like, <laughs> I'm, I, I threw up a little bit inside his, his black Mercedes and uh, a little bit on the outside of it. But he was just like rubbing my back like my daddy. I didn't even know uh, anybody. He was just so like, you be okay, or boy, American boy. That's love. Middle Eastern taxi uh-huh. driver. Real cool. All right. <laughs> this 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 next one is a two part question. All right. All right. So. Since we're in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I gotta ask: No limit or cash money? Oh, uh, oh man! I thought I would have said cash money immediately, but <laughs> I think my guy just rolled by. He gave me no limit vibes. No limit came before cash money. They yes. put the, the city on like on a, a national map. Mm-hmm. Um, Master P was like an all-around businessman with like the properties, mm-hmm. and he also made it to the NBA. And, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like the 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 movement, I'm gonna say no limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. They still mm-hmm. talk about no limit forever. So, mm-hmm. second part, Soldier Slim or Fiend? Soldier Slim. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Fiend. Fiend was cool, man. But Soldier Slim um, was about to. He was about to. His career was about to take off when he was assassinated. I didn't want to ask any any names anybody that was too obscure, because I was like I could really test to see how. Like who? Like. Mr. Servon uh, or, or Mr. Magic. See, I was I was gonna say Mr. Servon and uh, Silk the No, not Silk the Shocker. No, not Silk. Even though I'm Mercedes. Like him a lot. Yes, Mercedes. Mercedes is hard. Yeah, Who I else? listened to that album. Um, I was just listening to a Cain and Abel record Kane the other day. I knew that day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Soldier Slim a fan. And I wanted to bring up Soldier Slim because you know his life was cut short. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a lot from him. And I, and Fiend. 
I enjoy the second album way more than the first. You know, I still go back and listen to the second album every now and then. What's the name of the second album? Second album is, uh, shit. I feel like it sold way more than the first one. Uh, I can't remember the second album, but it's got, um, you know, um, what's the records on the second album? It's, uh, 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 um, why am I drawing blanks? I was just looking at this shit the other day because I was like, yeah, I think I, I like the second one better than the first one. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to turn on my uh, airplane mode. Turn it off. All right, all right. I'm turning it off. <coughs> all right, so boom. We're going to edit this out. We will re- <laughs> return to you in a brief moment. I'm going to get some You good. Y'all, we really not going to edit this out. I was just fucking with you. Street Life. Street Life is the second album. Yeah. Street Life. And that's got... uh. Rock Show. That was a good one. Rock Show was a good song. Uh, mm. What else? Talking How I Bring It, War for Reason, Acting Bad, Trip to London, Mr. Womp Womp. See, I got to go back and listen oh, to this. Oh, man. That's, this is, yeah, this is, this is, I like this one better than the first one. Yeah. Street Fiend? Just What did you say, Fiend? Fiend. Street Life. Street the second, Life. The second. First one is, first album is There's One in Every Family. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to tell you, um, when he come back, I'm going to, bring up this point because it really kind of blew my mind when I like realized it you know you go to other cities like New York right and they be rapping about uh, or anywhere East Coast they be rapping about the actual neighborhoods mm-hmm. and you go there and it's like yeah I've been here I've experienced this right <clears throat> um, and you, you hear it in the music in the South? Huh? you do it in the South Where about the that's the thing it blew my mind like that uh, so, so Street Life is the second album okay. yes. it's got Mr. Womp Womp Acting bad, all of that. That's the only album that more people know for being. Yeah, yeah. You were saying? Um, so I was listening to Know Your Clap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, and when as I'm listening to it, I'm literally riding through the neighborhoods that he's naming. They on Magazine Street is what people know it as today, but you got the whole uptown that he mentioned. Um, I was thinking about uh what he said, Boys Town, Girt Town, mm-hmm. all of that. And I'm looking, I'm like, I I've been out in these areas, like, and I'm riding through, and I'm like, I can see what he's saying actually happening in these places, mm-hmm. and it ain't like no light type shit. Yeah, no light. Mm-hmm. That was that was their life. Yeah, like it, it blew my mind. I was mm-hmm. like, it just it just kind of hit me like all at once, like yo, like this is these aren't just songs. Like some, I'm kind of gonna make a kind of cause some people loud, but sometimes white people listen to music and be like, oh. I can safely consume this music from the confines of my home and still get the experiences that's actually going on. That's not just for white people. That's also for people who um, don't get the opportunity to go out and travel, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that can be black people, all colors of people, right? right? All races. So with that said, um, I was in that bracket um, of people that listened to it, understood it, heard it, but didn't really register that this shit is like real mm-hmm. and it was blowing my mind riding through it I'm like I'm on my bike I'm like man when this shit first came out if I was in the same area I could have been shot and killed or robbed like he's saying in the song and I think that's what's so dope about Cashman like my preference was no limit just by virtue of just the timing that the, the, the that whole collective came out mm-hmm. like I was I was in the record store every week buying mm-hmm. everything but Mm-hmm. Um, Cashman, I got, I got, I got mm-hmm. on with them a little later. But mm-hmm. what I respected so much about Cash Money is that, unlike with No Limit, just putting no new ones on the map, Cash Money showed you mm-hmm. visually yes. what life was like yes. in New Orleans at the time. Yes, you know and what I mean? No Limit then follows suit. Mm-hmm. 
But before that, they didn't really give you that. Yeah, unless, unless she was watching, unless, unless she was watching the movies. movies yeah, right. like, like, like I'm about it, and I got the hookup. But that's the thing: the movies definitely showed you what it was. But if you could, I was a kid, so '99. I was like eight or nine, mm-hmm. like '99 to 2000. Uh, that whole that song in particular changed how I see saw everything. But I was um, in the club. Dancing yeah. to that record. I was not. As, as, as an underage <laughs> I was, person. I was not. I was asking to go outside and play. <laughs> I was like, can I go outside and play? From the 9-9 to the 2 <laughs> Like, that's what I was. Like, yeah. all of it was very fresh for me. And even though No Limit is what I understood and grew up listening to as far as, like, before Cash Money, because my brothers were all older, right? For me, it was Cash Money. Because I started to understand it for myself, like, yo, this is, they tight. Like, mm-hmm. they hold the beats that they picking, the way they rapping on them. Uh, shit they saying, yeah. I don't know what they talking about, but the shit they saying is hard. I like, feel like I they know. had more um, more artists on Cash Money than No Limited. No Limit had, like, I mean, Master P wouldn't necessarily call an artist or see murder. I, I, people might hear that and, like, disagree with me. But, like, Soap the Shocker, like, they all... They kind of had similar flows, but you got like Juvie had his own style. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I, let me go back. Mystical was on No Limit. He and was, he was and probably the Mystical most original artist. And Silk both had their own sound style. They had their own on. sound. Yeah, you're right about that. And Master P, but other than but Master P just kind of like rap. Yeah, Master P was like Baby. Like Baby's not necessarily a rapper. He got the voice. He talks slick. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. like he run all the shit. But like as far as like the the artistry I heard in Cash Money artists like Wayne, yes. everybody CG everybody sounded thing. different. Uh huh. Yes. Everybody had their own thing. Juve didn't even sound like nobody like nobody else on any other record label. Did he you even know? sound like anybody down here? Like, I wouldn't say so. Like I mean like nope. actually in the city like I like your cousin. So. I mean maybe with that like cadence of speech and like how slick he was talking. But as far as getting on the beat and doing that, no, that was that was Juve. Mm. You know, yeah. I always wondered that. That's why the lead single was, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That was that that got my attention. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he had a bounce song called Bounce for the Juvenile. Um So I, I learned about that via LimeWire. Because oh, when LimeWire was popping, I went and just did this deep dive of like old like just bounce records, old New Orleans records. And so like I found came across all these like old Manny Fresh produced you records. Heard Soldier Rag, but uh mm-hmm. All this old stuff. I'm just like, Bless damn. Me. I didn't even know this was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's before they went nationwide. Mm-hmm. It was when it was just a local. Yeah. Oh, label. speaking of which, you just reminded me. Uh, Danny, who produced. Uh, I was gonna mention that to you because yeah, you, y'all were talking about one of the. Yeah, he told me my beats was tight. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm like, thanks. I okay, didn't know yeah. you heard him. He's I didn't a, know you he's knew. He's a legend. Yeah. So when y'all mentioned soldiers, I mean soldiers slim. I was gonna tell you, like, talk to Danny. I was like, it's Ray Man. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Danny a cool dude, too. Word. He's a solid, yeah, he he's a solid guy. Yeah, he's a sound guy at the at the jazz market, but a talented producer and guitarist. Yes. And other things. All right. Best late night food anywhere? Uh, Melba's has a full menu 24-7. I mean, you can get ribs. You can get a po' boy. If it's seasoned, they'll get, you can get crawfish. Um... You been to Melba's? I've been to Melba's once. I got some uh, catfish and cabbage. See, I think it's part of the selection. You could have gotten it at 4 o'clock in the morning or, you know, 5 o'clock in the day. I don't even remember what time um, of the day it was. We went, but we went. <laughs> you know, for them to be 24 hours a day, I was just thinking about, like, jeans. I heard in one of the interviews that we did before, it's like, it's not. I had jeans, too. Yeah. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, they good, but, like, they, I've had better po' boys. Gene's more iconic than it is good. Yes. So, um, Gene himself told me that, like, uh, some publication, they interviewed them and published that they use Patton's hot sausage, which is the standard hot sausage everybody mm-hmm. uses, but they actually make their own hot sausage from scratch. Mm. So I felt like that was at least something they should have publicized. And they uh, definitely should have. That would have changed yeah. everything. I also found out that uh, Patton, you said Patton's? Mm-hmm. Patton's hot sausage, when I was hanging out over at um, Half Shell on the Bayou, I found out that they're not. it's not pork. It's, oh. it's, it's beef. Oh, really? Really? That's cool. Yes. It's beef that hot sausage. completely changes my... So now you can game. you can like, go get get you a hot sauce. Most people use patents. Yeah, I never knew it was beef. Me either. Yeah. So I was like, right, it showed us the ingredients there. I was like, oh shit, this. Nice. <laughs> they have hot sausage at that half show on the bayou. Oh uh, no, we, okay. we were just having a conversation about it. Yeah, we were having a conversation about it. All right, so Melba's for the late night food. Pick yeah. a superhero. Uh, I like Batman. It's because his uh, his alter ego was so well put together. He was able to maintain like a whole life as millionaire Bruce Wayne, millionaire philanthropist Bruce Wayne, and then like at night save the city is like a good dynamic. It's so interesting the the, the difference in opinion based upon the region. Because every time I would bring up because Batman is my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm all that well versed in the world of comics. Neither but, am I. But, yeah, but, I, but, but, but yeah. I like Batman. My thing with Batman was he, he's a mortal man. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't like. He, you want to take him down? You just gotta be bigger and stronger than him. But, yeah, but even he knew, like, still, he's going. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he, right. He's going. He's going to give you a good yeah. fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, I bring that up. You know, I remember I brought that up a few times when I was still in DC, and <laughs> the whole, you know, social economic response to that, like he's a white privileged. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's just like he we is. know that. But that's not why we like him. That's <laughs> yeah, not even right. why we like also follow superheroes. Like we could, and in, in, in a superhero world, you know, hopefully you can leave all the like the the social warrior stuff behind and yes. just like a white man, a rich white man. Exactly. I, don't, I don't like rich white men in real life. You know, so exactly. We I mean, appreciate one. Unless they got a check from me, and then we can talk about it. Actually, yeah. We can, we can, you we know can what? Even, right. even then, I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to. Yeah, say right. we, I ain't we, got to like you. We got to have a discussion. Like, okay, let's just see, and okay, cut the check, boom. Yeah, they want to be my favorite. Yeah, but not nah, <laughs> that. That social, that social justice movement in the superhero world, like leave it behind. Yeah, let let them do that. They literally cover that in their superhero right, yeah, comics. Really they take care of that justice. shit. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. That means the shit. Boom. All right. What does li- living my best life mean to you? Uh, just being happy doesn't necessarily mean being rich or having to travel a whole lot. You know, some people don't need all that. Um, but to me, uh, just being happy. Mm. I would like to be more comfortable than I am now. I'm, I'm comfortable, but like to be more comfortable or um, yeah, and, and happier. I'm not as happy as I could be, honestly. But that's all I need to work on: getting more comfortable and, and, and being more happy. Okay. I think it's because uh, Mercury's in retrograde. Just saying. What about when Mercury's not in retrograde and it's Venus yeah, or I'm Jupiter? Because it's, probably it's always a planet in retrograde, so we might as well just never leave the damn house. I'm just saying, it's cosmic energy's fault. It's not mine. I'm usually a pretty melancholic person, um, just regardless. Okay. Um, like off stage. Melancholic <laughs> folks make make good comedians. Yeah. Yeah. That's When's pro- the next show anyway? Yeah. Uh, every Tuesday, I host open mic comedy at Bar Redux. That's at 801 Poland Avenue, um, mm-hmm. right across from Jack Dempsey's, right next to the old 
Navy base. They abandoned Navy base. Okay. Um, but it's open mic comedy. I, I'm one of a few rotating hosts, but I'm there every Tuesday just trying out new stuff. I was at the House of Blues last Wednesday, right before the jazz market. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, comedy shows come up. They come up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever seen me do comedy? comedy? I haven't. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask, like, I, so when I think of comedy, I think of, like, Kings of Comedy, and then also, most recently, I think about, like, the uh, Netflix specials that they're giving everybody, mm-hmm. at this point, giving everybody. When do you think that um, you would get one? Is that, like, something that is a vision for you? Like, I see myself, um, I have an idea to, like, uh, to produce a 15 to 20 minute video that's a mixture of um, all these jokes about the same subject and then mixed in with some sketch mm-hmm. about the same subject, kind of a, a narrative, but shot... The stand-up part would be shot in four different stages, um, but it'll still be a full narrative that you can follow. Um, and I see myself producing my own like big special before like Netflix or Comedy Central gives me something. You know, I think Netflix or Comedy Central won't give me a special until I've already hosted like a late-night show on network TV for a while, mm-hmm. um, or until yeah. people start telling them they need to. Or that, yeah. yeah. I never. That's not yeah, really. I never really a question for him earlier. Do you remember your question? Uh, <laughs> with what? It's about paying for for entertainment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the free, um, the free aspect of how shows go. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to bring quality entertainment to people, and it's really a culture shift when you do that. Like you really, uh, you really change the consciousness of how people consume entertainment when you give them free music, and it's quality music, mm-hmm. right? So. That should still be paid for in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, donation is always beautiful because then the person can give from where they feel. You know, if I had a hundred dollars that night to give y'all, I would have been like, put that in there too. That's how I felt, but I understand it, and there are lots of other people to understand it too. Mm-hmm. So, donation is one way to do it, but then there are lots of other people who don't have that same spirit. Where they like, I don't get this. I'm just out because I want to have something to do on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Friday night. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just want to go out. Like, that's it. Um, how do you... Um, how do you create income from the free show cycle? You know? And do you, do you guys sit down and brainstorm different ways to do it, too? Well, I got a model that I kind of would present to different venues. Um is that uh, you figure out how much it is to produce a show, how much you need to pay me, pay Mm -hmm. musicians, um, and then you got to convince and guarantee the venue that you will bring in enough people who will spend that much at the bar or at the kitchen, Mm -hmm. you know, um, on top of what they need to make during that time to pay their staff and keep the lights on and stuff like that. But just, you got to be able to guarantee a venue that, like, if you pay... The musicians and me this from the bar this guarantee not a percentage some people work with a percentage and depending on what kind of show it is that can work like that can work yeah but um a guarantee from the bar and we guarantee you you'll make at least this much during this time um and the the, the venue would will pay the musicians so i always say if you're going to a free show if you can go with the um with the, the mind frame that you're going to spend at least 10 15 dollars Okay. Some kind of way at the bar, you can tip the, the the artist if there's a kitchen, you know, but some kind of way if you think if it's worth ten fifteen dollars, and oftentimes it is. Lots of times, oftentimes it is. Wait, I don't want to say everywhere, but in my experience in New Orleans, 
Dog, every single time I've gone, it's been worth it. Like, between the vendors, the bar, and the entertainment, mm-hmm. it's easy to just be like, yo, here's $30. Mm-hmm. Just take it. Like, y'all split it up. I need that cookie. I need that necklace. I need that drink. Like, even, you know, the vendors don't necessarily pay a percentage of what they make, but they'll pay a, a set price to the venue. Mm-hmm. So if it's attractive for vendors to keep coming, that means that they can keep paying that price every week. If, yeah. if they if, if they know people are going to come and they're going to make this much, they don't mind paying that price to the bar, which helps them pay for the production. You know? Makes sense. Um, so yeah, just come and with the, with the, with the idea to support in some kind of way, get your drink, get your food, support the vendors, some kind of way, you know, give something to the space because free entertainment, good free entertainment, kind of hard to come by outside of well, New Orleans I yeah I was going to say if we're in New Orleans no it ain't you can go to a burlesque show be entertained true, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff you can do here mm-hmm. but in other places yeah. that shit's difficult you, like I said you could stay at home and sing to your dog <laughs> off key and be beautiful and your dog will love you you know um, something else that I did think about just in this moment is okay so the model is if you can build an audience as the entertainment or as the not as the venue, but it shit, even the venue too. Because mm-hmm. if the venue is known for having quality yep. acts in there, mm-hmm. then you can mess around and like really have Especially a whole following to make a lot a, of money. on a night or at a time when they don't have anything going or they don't have a, a, an audience coming to the bar, mm-hmm. I'll put people into your bar with this. Mm-hmm. So the people know like your bar is a, as an entertainment venue, um, I, it, it works. You just got to be able to convince people like I can, I can do this for you for this price so then how do you build the following necessary to actually have that sort but what you got to do really is connect with the people so mm-hmm. how do you connect with the people overall in order to get them to um come out and support mm-hmm. you when you do these things it takes work it takes work like um being consistent you know and you got to utilize all of your social networks and make yourself highly visible it's why you see me so many places i don't know how many places you'll see me but like make you yourself see, all you the see time you. All the time, highly visible. All the time, um, yeah. whether you are hosting or just attending an event, mm-hmm. like we see you all the time. <laughs> just, you know, um, I mean, also support other people's events. You know, like I see so many faces at my shows. Like I, I have to, you know, come to other people's shows. You know, um, just off the strength of like you supporting me, I'm supporting you. But like people put produce some good ass shows. You know, like yes. frequent these shows if you have time. And I mean, as far as building a following, just be consistent. You know, I didn't always have any of the following and I have nine it's not even all that sizable but like I remember like before I hit a thousand Instagram followers you know um, or even on the jazz market in the beginning I had to like like 3 d T would be there and I would mm-hmm. have to beg her to come perform because I need more people on the list mm-hmm. otherwise the band is going to play for another 20 minutes you know like it wasn't so you might as well just come on up mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it, it took being consistent and and then active on social media, let people know what's happening every Wednesday or every Monday or whenever, you know. Um, but consistency, I think, and also like being punctual. If people know, this really show really starting at ten, people getting there is there at ten. Okay. You know, or when they mm-hmm. can make it. Okay, so now that you got me on this like stream of consciousness right now. What's up? Um, where the hoes be at? <laughs> where do they be? Uh, man. I actually want to know more question. than him. <laughs> I say you follow Rhea Breedy on Instagram. I don't even know Rhea Breedy. She's Rhea Breedy. Rhea Breedy. She's a local bounce rapper, but like I follow her on Instagram. I love her. She just be busting it wide open. Mm-hmm. I feel like every night of the week. 
And I checked to see where she's going to be at most nights because that's where the hoes going to be at. Rhea like Reedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Rhea. Mm-hmm. We may have to get her she on for a music episode. Started the, um, if, yeah, if y'all get her, yes. it'd be awesome. She started that for the dick challenge. She had a, um, you remember when everybody was rapping what they do for yeah. the dick? For the oh, piano. she started that. She yeah. was, wow, she had a, she okay. Had a, a for the dick song and like it caught on and people took it over. But yeah, that's her stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Cool. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had a question What's up? about Gumbo Monster. In particular, Gumbo Shop of Horrors. I started watching that last <laughs> night and I was just like, this is well produced, but this is some crazy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, talk a little bit about Gumbo Monster, because um, it it seems as if like this is going to be a bunch of different like web series coming out of that and what have you. Mm-hmm. Where do you find Gumbo Monster? At? On YouTube, On Gumbo YouTube. Monster Five Hundred Four. Um, that's a filmmaking group I'm a part of. Started by my homie Martin Bats Bradford. He's an actor. You can see him on. He's in the Venom movie. He's on all Netflix shows and TV. But he's like, on the radio show with you too, right? Yep. Yeah. He's my co-host on the radio show. Um, but he is a professional actor, and he started and filmmaker. He started Gumbo Monster, I think, when he was still in high school, with um, his co-producer. Is his name is Michael Five Garrett. Five, we call him. But anyway, it's a uh, you can find him on YouTube, and we a lot of our content will come from like um, every year we do the twenty the forty eight hour film festival, mm-hmm. and after our 48 hours, we'll, like, expand on, like, our that, that project. Like, we'll turn something in for the festival, but then we'll, like, reshoot some things and make an extended version. So that that's guaranteed one movie every year. And then we also do the 72-hour horror film festival, which guarantees one horror film every year. And then when we can, we do um, different ideas, like the pot. Uh, Wannabes was an idea I had for a, a web series about three guys all just uh, struggling to be something in their careers. I want to be comedian. Um, my friend Joseph is a want to be actor, and my friend Raheem Glassby is a want to be singer. And we got oh think, yeah, shout out to Raheem. Shout yeah, out to Raheem, Raheem, man. I, I, we got to get him on the show too. Okay. He randomly saw me in traffic. I don't know him, mm-hmm. but I know him because I be interacting with his uh, Instagram. He's dope. Um, I saw him out in traffic. He looked. He like. <laughs> is that right? I'm like. And we went through this whole thing, but we didn't get to talk. I saw him at a jazz market. And I'm like, bro, he did not see you in traffic, man. He's like, it's Rob. I'm like, right. I want to say next Thursday, Thursday is the 21st, um, I'm hosting a show for Raheem and Shagadelic at the House of Blues, I believe. I got to go to that. Um, So, yeah, that's Raheem, super talented singer, but a really talented actor. Um, if you're looking at Gumbo Monster 504 on YouTube, check out Raheem and uh, Captain Extra Extra. It was a h- hilarious role that he started in. But we got some we got some pretty decent content. Okay. And a lot of it comes out of us entering festivals or contests, but like expanding on whatever the, the, the product is. Sure. You know. So when do you actually have time to do all of these creative when we start talking about create, create, creating, period, uh-huh. that shit is time consuming. Yeah, so when do you actually have time to do it? There's a lot of people just working nine to five mm-hmm. that want to break out of that and actually start to build a career where they make money being creative. I got to make time to do it because I don't have a regular job anymore. I started like the radio station. I'm a staff member, but it's not like Buku money. And also that's still like a Healthcare career and all of that. Me. No. No, I'm no. saying it's not. There's no, there's no sort no, of like no, security no, in that way. No, no benefits. Um... But it's still for me like a like in the part of things I do for my career, and I'm always looking for more because I don't have a regular job. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got my weekly gigs and um, sponsorships for the radio station stuff like that. But like I have to like 
some days I go and look for like um, you know uh, independent film gigs, and music video stuff, but just something just to um, just to to stay busy. Mm-hmm. You know, what's more of a struggle is for me making time to do nothing, <laughs> to, to sit at home and have time alone, sit at home Talk and about be alone. That, like that's a struggle for me to like prioritize that. But as far as finding time to be creative, all the time, right now, you know, definitely every time I get a chance. <laughs> Word. I feel that. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? Oh, um. Kind of answer. You know how to knit? <laughs> no. Okay. I was wondering because you love sweaters, so I was just I wondering, like, do you, like, just sit at home and just <coughs> granny it up? You know? I wish. I would have so many dope sweaters, like originals, but no, I don't know how to, you know, that's a you know that's a whole like business. On my mind. Yeah, I'm like that's a whole business mm-hmm. waiting to happen. I just feel now. like it takes a long time. Though. It does. That shit takes forever. Mm-hmm. Well, you just get a, a, a sponsorship with a, a, a dope ass brand. I'm that's hoping it's known for day, sweaters. One day in the future, you yeah. could do that. Yeah, because I got. I mean, if they want to make some of my ideas and mass produce them, I got some dope ass sweater ideas. You, you like you like you like you like polo. Uh, as far as sweaters. As far as uh, brand names go, I like polo when it's not like a big polo across the chest. Yeah, we're not. You know, or even the the multiple horses. The small horse, I can get away with that. That's respectable. I can even put a a lapel pin over that if I want to. All right. Yeah. Um, But no, not really. Okay. So there's somebody who um, knits that made this dope hat for me. Like here, I noticed everybody had, not everybody, but everybody knits like this, this, New Orleans is like real dope for like having family traditions that stay in the family. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a family tradition for her. But she knits. I think her name is the Lovebird on Instagram. I'll plug you to her. I love her. If you, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so you might want to get with her on on doing the sweaters. Ooh. Alright, I feel like that'd be yeah, somebody who already might it. be up for the sweat. She yeah, might be some, up for the challenge. Somebody's already doing it, so that's if I hit her up something you ain't gotta learn. Sweater season. Yeah, she she might. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's a good one. What up, bird? I know her. That's what mm-hmm. I'm just saying. If you need creative consultation, I'll at me. I'll at me. That's what I we see, do. Um, me and Jerron will get together and fix them. We have, we will fuck it up in a good way, though. I'm, I enjoyed the interview. I'm sorry it wasn't funny. Like in the beginning, he was like, "You're gonna have some laughs." No, 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 no. There was laughs. No, nah. again, okay. melancholy, oh. pe- melancholy people make for great comedians. I know because although I don't do comedy I probably never will get on anybody's stage because I don't feel like taking on nothing else <laughs> I'm a pretty melancholy person but I be saying some shit and people be like oh that's hilarious I'm like you should be a comedian like nah B I'm no, good I'm, I got I'm other stuff other stuff I'm working on well just in case you ever want to try check out 504comedy.com there's an open mic for stand up comedy every night of the week in this city they're all free if you just want to try out three minutes of a story or some punchlines you wrote online 504comedy.com every night there's one Tuesdays I'm at Bar Redux 801 Poland Avenue and check that out and I, I'll let you have a minute too you just want to just play around now the story angle might be good for me because I got some stories oh you can tell a story mm-hmm. I got some see, life stories oh man a lot of comedy be good storytelling mm-hmm. but I think um, it's important to punch up or embellish your story you can tell a story like it is but you definitely want to, at this point, be more descriptive, or at this point, drop a punchline to keep people entertained, okay. or even embellish it a little bit, you know, because um, people are looking to be entertained, not necessarily hear your true story, right, 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 you yeah. know. Um, but definitely punch up, even if you have a funny story already. Find different different places to like describe this, you know, like she looked like Thea Vidal, you know, <laughs> you know, if you want, if, if a personal story was heavy set, you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, different, yeah. different places to like put a. Throw a punch in there to okay. keep people interested. Keep them. You want laughs? 
oftentimes people's story is funny at the end. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? But like you want people laughing throughout it and then like waiting, holding on for what's happening at the end. You know okay. what I mean? So, okay. All right. Storytelling is definitely an art. I'm going mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm to keep that in the back of my mind. Um, but DC, thank you again, brother. Well, I, I, I had two more. Okay, good. Two more. Okay, up? all right. First thing that I wanted to ask you is um, uh, when, when did you, and I asked because I come from art school too. So like I understand things probably very similar to you and a lot of people is living here. Um, but when did you realize that like being creative, being not being creative, but doing art, and I quote art, mm-hmm. um, but doing art would be like a major skill and talent that would like literally guide the rest of your life. Man, or I'd guide always, you up to this point. I'd always dreamed of being on television. Even when it was just a shallow, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to be I used to watch Mark Summers hosting like D- uh, Double Dare, yeah. you know, and like I would make fake microphones. I mean, when I was young, yeah. I felt like uh, being on television, as shallow as that sounds, always something I, I planned to do. Is it really life. shallow? Though? Well, it's it's, it's not okay. shallow necessarily no. nowadays because I didn't have an aim for it. I just not wanted to be seen, be on television, and that's pretty shallow. Just want that, to be okay. Seen. That is shallow. But like now, attention is yeah, is, exactly. Is I didn't I didn't have the the proper intention for it back then, but I, I mean that definitely stuck with me, you know. And then now, if I want to be on TV, I feel like it's more so because I want to. Uh, paint the culture or you know like provide some more free entertainment or mm-hmm. my perspective you know but more so than just like I want to be seen you, you know? realize you're a vessel now uh, yeah in a way <laughs> I mean yeah but I mean I love the city so much so like I love the city and I think the city is more entertaining than me alone so mm-hmm. like yes. just like my, my my radio show or even the Wednesday show like I can I couldn't hold an audience just me by myself I, but people that I know and things going on in the city absolutely like we could do a two hour radio show or you know a three hour four hour jam session with the culture being on display absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and I, I think I present it in a way that's like entertaining and palatable for people so that's like my, my aim now like to present the culture in a way that I think people can digest it dig that um the last thing I was gonna ask is about Jazz Market, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you gotta go to Jazz Market in order to really even care about this question. Um, I was gonna ask where did it come from, when did it start, that whole thing, okay. but it won't matter if you don't go. I'll tell it anyway. Um, it started with the band Cool Nasty, and the host was Elliot Love at this spot called Verrett's, uptown on Washington, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's a neighborhood bar, super small, but if you were going to Wednesday, um, I mean, it's packed shoulder to shoulder, and just like the jazz market, you get some awesome ass musicians and singers and performers, and it was a free show just like that. Mm-hmm. I think that Verrett's got too many noise complaints. Mm-hmm. So, um, for like a week or it's two. It's crazy to think about in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Noise? Really? <laughs> for like a week or two, um, it, it wasn't happening at all. Then they moved it to the jazz market for the first week with no host. Hmm. And it was, it was. I don't know if they didn't promote it very well, but it wasn't super well attended. But like I was there because I, I knew what's cool and nice was doing at the rest. Mm-hmm. And um, like I inserted myself after that, and um, and it's been the same thing since, you know. But I mean, if you're listening, you've never been. You should absolutely come to the jazz market every Wednesday. Doors at nine, show at ten. That's fourteen thirty-six or Retha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City. Yes, and you want to get there at nine because mm-hmm. there are really amazing people that are literally attending this. I think uh, 
I didn't realize that you had a VIP section when I went in there. It's not always. It's not. It's and, just I, when and I was looking, I'm like, why is this gay? I'm like, I don't care. Shit, I'm just because there was some show. some Pelican. Sometimes we get like, I mean, we've had Niecy Nash and Malia Obama and um, Christina Aguilera's background singer and Jamie Foxx and Daniel Oyelowo. Did I say the name right? The guy from Get Up. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Wale. Yeah. Oh, 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 is it Oye Wale? Okay, you're better than me. Maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually don't know his last name. But I mean, <laughs> the guy from Get Out. We've had several VIPs come and just come in and chill out and be a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. like Malay Obama was there, like everybody else, like you know, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, smoking in the back. Oh, that's the other thing like too. That. Like people just be in the crowd. Like it'd be mm-hmm. really cool. People mm-hmm. just not just cool people either, but um, people who have who I don't want to say important either. Um, people who have a little bit more spotlight than other people. Yeah, cool. Let the, yeah, people yeah. be there. But when the Pelicans come... Because everybody be cool in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Literally yeah, everybody. It's my favorite night of the week, man. Just an awesome-ass audience and people to be around. But, like, the VIP is when, like, the Pelicans and one time people from Essence Magazine came and somebody wants to show them the proper respect. Mm-hmm. But usually, man, we've had athletes come and just come. Have you, you got... Have, has the event gotten, like, major press? Yeah, we want Thrillist. Okay. Um... And I mean, major local press. I think after we did the Nova.com and Times Picayune, I saw an influx of like more white people. But oh yeah, that'd be funny to see how the white people come in. Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for the show, so I think I can say this. It's funny because when they come in, um, you can see like, you ever seen oil on water? <laughs> That's kind of what it looks <laughs> like. You can see like there's like this very concentrated group of people. And, like, if you look at them interacting, you see them, like, bobbing and, like, feeling it. But it ain't quite the same as mm. the black people that just kind of been there. And you can tell that the white people are coming in because they heard about it from something else. Mm. And they want to come in to what they consider cool. It's kind of like when you see white people in the audience at Hi-Ho at a comedy show and there's a black comedian on. Mm. And they're not getting some of the, the super black-ass references. Like, but there's, like, like <laughs> I, think that, I think that white folk could, like... Get or relate to everything at the jazz market. Even oh yeah, I'm, definitely. You know, I'm, I get inappropriate sometimes in my jokes, but on purpose. You know, but like, you do um, say that though. You do buffer that to let them know. Like, listen, we might talk about you. Yeah, no, I say that. Like, I, I ain't make white folk uncomfortable yet. Okay, well it's coming. Yes, it's coming. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that should be just that should just be in the back of their mind coming in to an event where they're like, okay, we're like the minority here. There could possibly be. Maybe we should even sit in the front. <laughs> right. I think, I think. I think that we would all be surprised at how often they don't think of that. Mm-hmm. Like they had, they don't even consider. Like, oh, I'm about to go in here and they're gonna talk about me. I would prefer it if if they come in and they okay with like laughing at themselves. And yes. I try not to do it in like a mean spirited way. It's, it's never. Like a, it's never derogatory. Way, right. Yeah. The way, like, the way you, know, you interact with laugh. your crowd is not. Yeah. You know, and I always thank white people for coming. You know, like it's they part of the show yes they are and cool Nancy had a white dude and two white dudes in the band oh the dude that was uh, the white dude that was playing uh, the guitar the electric oh, AJ, guitar yeah, AJ 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 he sings too he's yeah AJ bruh you hard you 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 cool with me man yeah I, I heard him going I'm like man he need to stay up there yeah. I don't know what y'all <laughs> no you know no disrespect to my brothers or nothing but the white boy, you know, let play that funky Playing music. That funky you know music. what I'm saying? Yeah. Let him Playing know. Play that funky music. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shout out right. to AJ. You man. gotta come, Geronimo, man. I'm, I'm surprised you ain't, you ain't stepped foot in there. Because 
Life. No, life do it. Wednesday life, life. But this Wednesday, I'm making a commitment. I'm saying this on air. I'm saying this to you. Okay. That means yes. it's going to happen. That means that I might be going too. Yes. Because I went last week. Oh, and then y'all doing it in the in, oh, y'all yeah. doing it in the big oh, room. What what they me. say in life? In the main, in the main. Y'all room. doing the boom boom room. In the boom boom room. <laughs> yeah. So usually happens in the very beautiful lobby of the jazz market. Uh, the main room is the stage, like an auditorium style comparable to like the House of Blues or the Joy Theater. Okay. I'm not sure what the, the floor seating is going to be like. I don't think it'll be like auditorium style seating. It'll probably be tables and chairs, but it's going to be a special one. Our Word. first time, we've been talking about it since, like we started in 2016. I remember them saying, 2017, we're going to do it once a month in this room, and mm-hmm. it never happened. And in 2018, we said the same thing. So, our first time doing it. Yeah. Boom, boom, room. We, we, we in there. Yeah. And, we in there, we out here. And it's going to sound amazing, too, because my guy, uh, Danny, Danny yeah, he, he's, who produced he's, Soldier Slim, not Soldier Slim, Slim but Motion Slow yeah, Motion featuring Slim. Soldier Slim, um, Soldier Slim, Slim Juvenile. Song. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it. I, I still ain't heard the original song, either. That's yeah, wild to me. Slim like, I, I be seeing it, like, featuring Slow, and I be listening, I'm like, where is Soldier Slim actually at? I'm like, no, right there. No, nope, the juvenile. <laughs> no, nope, right there. You mean on the, in, in the video? Had he died by the time the video came out? Nah, he, he was gone. He, he was dead. Been, that's why. Gone. That's what started it for me. Remember, I was young, so mm-hmm. like, I was like really just finding out like yeah, so just everything, yeah. you know. But I'm still be listening um, for Soldier Slim. Where my guys at? Where my guy? At? I'm gonna go home and actually dedicate time to actually. Where can I find that at? I will go to Peaches Record Store. They have a magazine now. Uh, Peaches mm-hmm. has been like a staple for CDs and records in the city for a long time. Or if you can't find it online, is it online? I want it to be online. Talk to Danny. I bet you Danny got boo boo. <laughs> oh, yeah, he probably got the original and everything. Yeah. I'm going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that was pretty much it. I mean, I can talk all day, so. <laughs> I can't talk. I got to prep for it. Yeah, you got to go, and I, I got to go because I got to do this. Okay. Yeah, I was, yes. I was. Well, we'll talk about it off here. But all right, so yeah, we have reached the end of the show. Thank y'all for listening. Hey, hey. DC, thank you for coming on. Appreciate yes. you, brother. Thanks. Hey, you guys this, can follow me at whoisdcpaul.com and whoisdcpaul on all social networks. See, Ooh. he's a pro because I was about to ask. So what? Tell people where they can find. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, word. So that's a wrap. Fly Kids Show is recorded inside of Dope Society, located in the bywater of New Orleans. Produced by Geronimo Nose and Robert J. And powered by Fairground Inc. Listen to the show on your favorite podcast app and be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. Pay it forward and let your people know we're here. It's a place I